All right, without further ado, there are a lot of people that need to be called out, including... The Other Side of Midnight presents Denunciation. West Virginia Public Broadcasting. A West Virginia journalist lost her job last month after she reported about alleged abuse of people with disabilities within the state agency that runs West Virginia's foster care and psychiatric facilities. Now, that's a pretty big story. That's exactly the kind of story journalists should be breaking. But Amelia Farrell Nicely, a reporter at West Virginia Public Broadcasting, said she was told to stop reporting on the Department of Health and Human Resources after leaders of the embattled agency threatened to discredit the publicly funded TV and radio network. She later learned her part-time position was being eliminated. Not cool, West Virginia Public Broadcasting. This is exactly the kind of media watchdoggery that we need all journalistic outlets to be doing. So, West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I do denounce you. I must also denounce Eric Geller. Um, I'm not someone that roots for uh, people to uh, get fired, but I'm glad that Eric Geller got fired. Are you familiar with Eric Geller? He's a reporter for Politico. This is what he tweeted after Pope Benedict XVI's death. Okay? Eric Geller, wherever he is, maybe he can go hang out with Steve from Manhattan because the two of them would have a gay old time together. This is what he said. This is a reporter tweeting publicly. Homophobic, pedophile, protector, and Hitler youth alumnus dead at 95. Tweeted that on New Year's Eve about a guy who literally millions, maybe hundreds of millions of Catholics around the world really respected and looked up to. That's what you tweet the day after. it does. I just I don't know what goes on in people's heads where you think that that's an appropriate thing to say. You know, you know what it is? We're just in a notion whether it's on we're, we're in an era, whether it's on radio like Steve or on Twitter like Eric Geller, where. Society rewards outrageousness and outlandishness. And I guess he thought, oh, I'm being provocative. I'll get a lot of retweets and a lot of likes. You know, you're a real jerk if you're going to tweet something like that the day after the Pope dies. So, Eric Geller, I do denounce you. And I I very rarely have said this about anybody, but I'm glad he was fired. I also must denounce this Vietnamese scammer. Um, This is another... Anna Delvey-style fraudster, and uh, her web of lies appears to be unraveling. So you have this situation where this woman named Tina did scam after scam after scam. Tina Duong was what they knew her as. And she told all sorts of acquaintances, including people that had paid for... uh, All sorts of things for her. That her father was a government official. Other times she said she was a businesswoman. Uh, She said said that her father was a businessman. No matter what her cover story was, few people doubted her wealth. And her spending habits showed a flippant attitude towards money. There were candid photos at home with branded bags, generous meals she would buy for the staff at her favorite hair salon, and a sleek silver Rolls Royce sitting in front of her wedding venue in 2018. 
But in recent months, the truth has surfaced. Tina Duong's real name is not Tina. It's Nin Thi Von An, a 27-year-old from a poor and remote province in northeastern Vietnam. And now she's been become known to the rest of the country, or most of the country, as the Vietnamese Anna Delvey, who at New York Magazine exposed uh, years ago as just a total fraud. And now there's a Netflix series about her called Inventing Anna, which is very popular. So like Delvey, Tina would splash out on expensive gifts for those around her and create this image of effortless wealth before asking them for big favors, often involving money. I knew a guy like this. It didn't end up well for him either. And after years of grifting, this heiress persona was upended by a series of fraud allegations by victims ranging from fake business partnerships to outright theft and love scams. Each sensational new detail was published in the media. So she's captured national attention all over Vietnam in an unprecedented way. For instance, in September, and I'm not going to mention all of them, it's a fascinating story, but in September... Uh, Tina's deceit was thrust into national attention in a Facebook post. Na Lee, a cosmetic clinic owner and Tina's former sister-in-law, exposed Tina's use of fake relatives at the extravagant 2018 wedding she had, adding that she had borrowed a total of essentially $723,000 from the family. So following this revelation, all sorts of other resourceful People on the Internet uncovered that Tina had married another man in southern Vietnam in March 2021. So and she would vanish just weeks after the fairy tale wedding, taking all sorts of money from the new husband as well. This woman is a total con artist. And don't be surprised if you don't see a Netflix series about her sometime soon. I have to denounce the FAA. The officials are still trying to figure out exactly what led to the FAA system outage on Wednesday, but it led to thousands, this computer outage led to thousands of flights being canceled or postponed. There's no reason that the Federal Aviation Administration should have a glitch in its system or a a problem in its backup system, whatever the case may be, that leads to this sort of widespread system failure. Do you have any idea of the thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of people who were um, severely inconvenienced because of this FAA system outage. And, you know, people get on planes. They make uh, trip itineraries, whether it's for work or whether it's for leisure. And my heart really goes out to these people that got their whole trips, sometimes even for business, screwed up, all because the FAA couldn't manage to have a computer system run effectively without this kind of an outage. FAA, I do denounce you. I must also denounce the New York Times. There was a a blockbuster New York Times story all about this war in Ukraine. And these idiots, uh, and again, I, I feel like I'm being excessively harsh with people today, but this is really a serious thing. These idiots accidentally leaked phone numbers of Russian soldiers criticizing the war in Ukraine. They leaked the phone numbers of Russian soldiers criticizing the war in Ukraine. Let me ask you a question. How do you think Vladimir Putin's going to react to that? 
some of his own soldiers criticizing the war. He Now that he's got their phone numbers, do you think it's going to end well for these soldiers? Well, whatever ends up happening to these servicemen, I think the New York Times bears some responsibility. Oh, and not just the soldiers. Apparently, some of the civilian family members they were speaking to. Some of these people were providing a frank assessment of the ongoing Ukraine war, blunt criticisms of their superiors, including Vladimir Putin. And this puts people at risk of reprisal from their own government and other third parties. This is crazy. Um, I don't think it's too much to ask that we just make sure we don't expose people's personal data or identifying information when it's literally a matter of life and death. I want to denounce Mississippi, M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Wallet Hub has done a, an exhaustive study looking at the best and worst states to raise a family. They compared the 50 states across five key dimensions, family fun, health and safety, education and child care, affordability and socioeconomics, and lo and behold, Mississippi is the worst state in the entire country to raise a family. My sympathies to the Mississippians. Um, We don't have this person's last name, just his first name, Elijah. Elijah is a, uh, I guess he's a gamer. And he was playing this game called uh, Rainbow Six Siege. I'm not up on these games, but apparently it's pretty popular. His house was raided by police. Now, you might say, why would they raid this guy's house, this poor little video gamer? Well, Elijah, newly denounced Elijah, as his business card is likely to say going forward, was playing this game Rainbow Six Siege at his home. And he butt dials 911. 911. And because he's playing this game where you're shooting all sorts of people, whoever he's playing the game with, I don't know if it was someone in person at his home or someone he was on the, I know you can communicate with these people verbally through the game itself. He says, while the 911 operator is listening in, he says, I killed two people. So, unbeknownst to the 911 operator who did the right thing, Elijah was making a comment to his teammates. So, barely two minutes after Elijah confesses to this double homicide, several police officers show up at his front porch. The whole incident is captured on camera, on ring camera. And, you know, I'm going to link to it, actually, if you want to see this video at uh, Facebook.com. Slash Morano fan. That's Facebook.com slash Morano fan. I just have to say, you got to be careful with these pocket dial incidents, but you have to be especially careful when you're um, dialing 911 and talking about killing people, even if it's only in a video game. If you want to see the video, I just linked to it Facebook.com slash Morano fan. Elijah, for carelessness, for sloppiness, I do denounce you. I must announce Amanda Beeman. She is the communications director for the Olentangy Local School District near Columbus in Ohio. 
And uh, there's a Dr. Seuss book called The Sneetches. The Sneetches. I never read this. But a third grade teacher was reading it aloud to a class. After the Dr. Seuss classic. After one of the kids in class pointed out that the story was a lot like racial segregation in the bad old days. And you know what? That's a smart kid. Because that's precisely what this Dr. Seuss story is about. The book was the last of several books being read by this teacher as part of uh, an NPR Planet Money podcast illustrating simple economic lessons in children's book. But one student mentions race, which is an accurate interpretation of the book. And Amanda Beeman stops the teacher from finishing the book. So the te- the kid observes the story is, quote, almost like what happened back then, how people were treated, like white people disrespected black people. Beeman shuts down the reading, saying she wasn't comfortable because it seemed more about differences with race and everything like that. What? We're shutting down Dr. Seuss readings mid-story. Mid-story, not even prospectively. My goodness. My goodness. Amanda Beeman, I do denounce you. I must denounce Troy Burke. Troy Burke um, has been arrested in the theft of a bronze statue outside of the Make-A-Wish headquarters in Phoenix. Parts of the statue, according to the police, were sold by the suspect, Troy Burke. The item at the center of the incident was this bronze statue of a child whose story inspired the creation of the nonprofit group, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. The statue was installed back in 2018, and this guy was captured by security cameras and pulls up to the statue. Two people jump out, harness the statue, pull it from the base, and load it into the trunk before driving away. Police recovered pieces of the destroyed statue, and they arrested this one guy for theft and trafficking of stolen property. You've got to be a pretty sick SOB to steal a -A Make-A-Wish statue. I'm sorry. Uh, Troy Burke, I do denounce you. And finally, I must denounce Rockway Heath head football coach John Harrell. He's been placed on administrative leave after multiple players were hospitalized following an intense workout last week that required athletes to do nearly 400 push-ups. 400 push-ups! Now, look, I'm all for being a tough coach. I've done some coaching in my day, and I the, the players have had some choice words for me because of my treatment of them. Never in my life would I ever have someone, a young player, do 400 push-ups. One parent who didn't want to be identified because of fear of retaliation said her son has been hospitalized and diagnosed with a stress-induced muscle disorder that can damage cells and cause kidney damage, even failure in some cases. She said her son was forced to do three to 400 push-ups with no water breaks. This is in Texas, by the way. Two more Heath parents told the Dallas Morning News the students did more than 350 push-ups. One of the parents said it was during a 60-minute time frame. Uh, The principal said, Several students needed medical attention, in some cases hospitalization. You know what? If you're a coach of a sports team, 
It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be about improving students, not causing kidney failure, not causing them to be hospitalized. This coach has no business ever having anything to do with coaching young people or any people ever again. This guy is strongly denounced, John Harrell. All right, without further ado, uh, that concludes this week's edition of Denunciation. I am very excited uh, about the DNA discussion that we are going to have. Um, I have been reluctant to hand my DNA over for a variety of reasons. And in reading some of the work of Leslie Corbley, she's with the Libertas Institute, I am even more reluctant to hand my DNA over to a private company consisting of strangers I've never met. We'll explore why straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.